Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Opinionated Brothers podcast, where we talk about the various going-ons in today's crazy world, because everyone has an opinion about it, so why not us? Sometimes we're funny, sometimes we're serious, but I guarantee you, we're always going to be real. I'm one of your hosts, Travis Porter, and with me is my co-host, complete with taste and smell intact, DJ. That's right, it's your boy DJ. And AJ. <laughs> and that is Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the word of shit. And that's the mightiest boy ever I seen. <laughs> yeah, that was cute though. <laughs> she came out of nowhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Opinionated Brothers Podcast. I am your host, Travis Porter, and with me I have the illustrious DJ. Feeling good, feeling great, brother. Cannot complain. Happy to be back. That's all I can say. Happy to be back, man. Happy to have you back. Last show was kind of lonely. It was awkward. Yeah, I understand, but you held it down, though. I appreciate it. Hey, you held it down. That's all that really matters. Well, we were expecting our third host to join us, Tim Lewis. Yeah. Um, he probably fell asleep again after getting off of work. Which, hey, which is understandable. Yeah, I, mean, I understand that he works a very, very hard job, and I, I know for a fact that he worked long hours. Yep. He worked a lot of hours, and, and you know, especially dealing with, you know, everything that's been going on lately and people not working, he got to get that overtime. So I'm not, we're not knocking him. Nope. Get your money. Tim Lewis, um, a vowed member of the Beehive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Beehive that my last apartment was 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh, team G all the way. July thirty, uh, July thirty first, Blackest King came out. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it with Tim specifically because he is a member of the Beehive. Yes, he is. I will say this about it. We'll get into it deeper when Tim joins us. Within five minutes of watching that, I came to the conclusion that Beyonce is, as far as just artistry and imagery and creativity, if not already, she will be the goat. And I, I mean, say that not, and I say that not just because Black is King, but look at Black is King. You go from bills, bills, bills. Just look at her evolution. Yeah. yeah. And she keeps going. Yeah. That's why I say she's going to be one of the goats. Dude, goat. she's always, always reinventing herself. Yep. And she, and the thing is, what I like about her and Jay Z is they're not conforming for nobody. Oh my gosh, and I was going to speak that too. Props, props to Jay Z, man, for changing who he was for her. Oh yeah. Hold up, when you say changing who he was, what do you mean? Well, his image, I think. Settling, I think he, uh, well. The thing about Jay-Z and Beyonce, what made, what made them work so well, he was a king, she was a queen. They're great together, but they powerful apart just like they are together. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And the thing is, they complement each other to the point to where when she feel, she feels secure with somebody who she feel like is a manly man, and has a lot of respect in these streets. Mm-hmm. And he respects her and he feels love from her. And, and it's to the point to where, as a man anyway, 
you will change enough for a woman because like like the, even the Bible say, love your wife as Jesus so loved the church. Right. Jesus loved the church. Mm -hmm. So you have to love your wife. Not the building. Yes. Not the building. No, no. You, 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 thank you. You get that, right? <laughs> but and the thing, and the thing is, it's to the point where it's like, you some evolution and some change is going to happen. So I do get where you're coming from when you said changing for her, because the image. I, I well, when you when you said the image, I guess you're saying as far as like the dope boy image and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But but at the same time though, I felt like before even even before he got with her. He was already making that transition into the business man. To the businessman, yeah, to the businessman. Which he yeah. was already, you know, he was already on that level. So that's why when you get somebody who already got money with somebody else who already got money, they a billionaire together. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess I'll I'll, I'll try to. I know what you're saying though. I guess adopt adopting more of his role as a family man. They, okay, I got. Because you. when I see those two together, I'm like, he really, he, he really love this woman. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Hey, black love is beautiful. It is. I heard something interesting from a coworker, younger generation, about Tim's age. Her belief was that initially Beyonce and Jay-Z was all a business deal, but they eventually grew to love each other. I don't think so. The reason I say that is because Beyonce could have been with anybody she wanted to be with. Jay-Z could have been with anybody he wanted to be with. I understand that you can look at it and say it's all about business, but there's a lot of people out there that are making good business decisions and have, and have a lot of money. Oh, you and Tim got in an argument over one last episode. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, it got a little bit heated. It got it got a little bit heated. I mean, but you know, it was a good heat because yeah. it, it was one of those situations to the point to where, you know, Tim is younger, I'm older, and sometimes that's going to clash. But I love it though. I love it. I love it because at the same time, everybody got their own opinion, and and you really can't. You can't like 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 we said if, like we said from the from the beginning very beginning when we started the show, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. We 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 made this platform so we all can, you know, use it the best way we know how. But it is what it is. But shout out to Beyonce and Jay Z, Black is King, great, great, great. Yeah. Beyonce is uh, she she will be the goat down the line because of the fact of everything that she is doing. She's starting to become the first of doing a whole lot of stuff when it comes to this generation and, you know, musically, visually. The visuals that she is putting with her music now is like... That's something else I came up with watching that. I'm like, I was, I'm, I'm looking and I'm listening. I'm like, these these songs are good, but they really don't work without the visuals. No, they don't. That's what, that made me go back to our Rihanna and Beyonce episode. Right. Like, I can, I can listen to Rihanna's songs and get them without the videos. Mm -hmm. A lot of Beyonce, especially Beyonce's later stuff, it's good mm -hmm. music, but when you put it with the visuals, that's when it works. But but see, that's 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 why she's been doing a lot of that stuff as far yeah. as like uh, like the album that she had dropped even before this, even with the um the one she did um at Coachella. Mm -hmm. It was that was video, you yeah. know, that was recorded. It was live. I mean. All this, I mean, everything go hand in hand when it comes to her. Like, you, you got to have a visual with the music, basically, because she, like I said, she's a performer. She's a, she's a real live entertainer. Right. That's what I was saying the whole right. entire time. Like, when it comes to entertaining you, like putting on a show, ain't too many people that can that can, that can stand with Beyonce. Right. Because she's going to give you a show, and her show is going to get is, is is like a mini movie. She give you those highs and lows when it comes to your feelings. I enjoyed it. 
I wasn't trying to look too deep into it. Um, I understood it was a retelling of the Lion King story, which I got in the beginning. In the end, the middle kind of threw me off. But like, hey, still cool. Visual's cool. Song's good. (laughs) Um, But after that, I watched another video, a documentary more so. Mm -hmm. So as per usual, white people are always looking for a black face to tell us how to be. Right. A video, a video I've seen recently is a man named Daryl Davis. And to be fair, I've seen black people share this video as well. Right. Daryl Davis is a jazz musician who is famous for befriending. He's not famous for jazz. No, he's not. He's not famous for jazz. Which okay. Is, okay. I mean, Let's I, get that point across right now. Right. I've heard him play. He's, he's like he's a pretty good player. He plays some, he played on his on his documentary. Yeah, he does. Um, famous for like I said, I, I guess you can call it befriending members of the clan. Yeah. And the head, one of the head guys. Several head guys, apparently, of several different it was several, yeah. down the line. Yeah. Several different chapters or whatever you want to call them, different clans. Mm-hmm. And I guess converting them. The documentary is called Accidental Courtesy, Daryl Davis Race in America. And I understand you saw this as well. Yeah, I did. Uh, when did you see it? Actually, it was about a year ago or a couple of months back. Yeah, I think, I think it came out in 2017. Yeah. It's been a while for me, though. But I, I watched. I, I, I've been watching it periodically, like little clips here and there lately. There's two different things happening here. The videos that have been shared on Facebook are not from the documentary, but they basically tell the, his story of his whole premise is how can you hate me if you don't know me? Uh-huh. So I guess he made it his mission to sit down and talk with people who hate them, particularly the Ku Klux Klan. Uh-huh. I don't know what his end goal was, but I guess he began to, oh, I can't say anything more than convert them. <laughs> turn them from their wicked ways, turn in their robes. So they say. See, what, what, don't get ahead of me. <laughs> So it's, it's various videos of that particular story. His documentary is a lot of the same thing. It's, of course, it goes more in about his life before his degree, his music degree. Um, Rose, he was raised kind of naive, I believe. I was raised kind of the same way as him. Into In the 90s, when we grew up, I believe it was kind of a uh, society was kind of a I don't see color uh-huh. kind of society. So he told a story where he was in the Cub Scouts and it was his first time like experiencing racism. He, they, were, they were marching, holding American class. He was the only black kid and he was told how he was hit with rocks and bottles. And his thought was, man, these people must really hate the Cub Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize that he was the only one being attacked. Mm-hmm. So then mothers, troop leaders, they led him away. They basically, so I'm assuming they were white basically told them, hey, don't worry about Daryl, just get out of here, we gotta get you out of here. He went home and told his parents, and that's when they had to have the talk. And he didn't believe it. Because, and which is understandable, as a kid, you can't understand, it doesn't make any sense. Like if you weren't brought up in that, it doesn't make any sense as a kid, why do these people hate me just because they look? But you can't sit here and tell me that that was his first experience with racism. That's what he said. You can't. 
And I, and part of, I think part of it was he's been he's he'd been around. Uh, I don't know if he was a military brat, but they did a lot of traveling. He's been around a lot of countries, mm. a lot of different POCs, people of color. Yeah, and they all and nobody seemed to have a problem. So I guess if that was truly his life and that was really his first time experiencing racism, it would be a shock. Yeah, it would be. especially in that time. That's what I'm saying. Right. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying every child right now in America experiences racism on a daily or have experienced it yet. I'm just saying, in that time, yeah, that's a shock. Mm -hmm. He was born in 1958. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't. When did that happen? I think it happened. It had to be in the 1960s. It was in the 60s. I can't remember if it was before or after Dr. King died. Another story told about Dr. King. Probably I don't before. think. I think. Um, he didn't know who Dr. King, like who Dr. King was. He, when Dr. King got shot and he was, and he saw his dad upset and I have to go back and watch it. I can't, I don't remember verbatim what he said, but basically why his, he basically asked his dad, he asked his dad why he was so upset. Right, right. So, right. And he told him Dr. King was dead and he, that's who he explained who Dr. King was. Right. So at some point in his adult life, he decided that it makes no sense for you to hate me if you don't know me. So he took it upon himself to talk to him. I don't know if he purposely saw the members of the Klan. I think he did. He purposely saw the oh, members of the Klan. No, he, he did. Yeah, he purposely saw the members of the Klan to sit and talk with them and have a dialogue to understand where each other was going. He had his secretary uh, call first. Yeah. And he get, he got on the phone and, you know, without basically saying the color that he was, you know, he basically just wanted to uh, meet up with them without them being able to see who, what color he was or, or know his race before they met up. So a lot of these people was coming in like, you know, blindsided by, you know, who he was when they walked in the room. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And the stories, I mean, I'm not going to, the stories you tell you, there were heartwarming stories. You know, he collected over what he say, 20 something odd clan robes. I guess he's collecting them and other clan memorabilia for a museum, I believe. That's the end game, I believe. <laughs> Towards the other documentary, he sits down with a couple of Black Lives Matter activists. Kwame Rose, which I didn't know this until I watched the documentary. He was actually the guy in Baltimore from several years back who confronted Geraldo Rivera. Mm -hmm. He was saying, why aren't you out here covering what's been happening for the past, whatever, you out here just covering the Black people riots. You remember that? Right. That right. was him. Hey, hey, take, 
I'm di I, this is not for YouTube. This is serious. I want, I want the cameras off. I want the cameras off. I want, I want, I want the white media out of Baltimore City until y'all are here to report the real story. Seriously. You're not reporting. Fox News is dancing out here. Fox News don't give a damn about He can't tell me to move off of my street. I paid the tax dollars for this. I'm not moving. And you getting gas too. They got nervous. I'm black and this is black water. Over here in the harbor where the National Guard is protecting the billions of dollars that, down, that is down there. That's what they develop. That's what Baltimore looks like. This is real Baltimore. This is what people have to wake up and wonder where they're going to go to get a meal. This is where kids go. Right. People living in detrimental situations. After the peaceful protest with the dirt bikes, the only thing that ever brought East Baltimore and West Baltimore together, they sent two to dirt bikes. Because you don't have anything. What are you going to say? What can you say that's going to benefit you? What can you say? Right, he's smiling, right? He's smiling, right? He's smiling. We're not crazy. A poet named Tariq Toure. I, I can't do it justice by describing it. But if, you, if you can watch the video, if you can watch the documentary, so if I encourage you to go ahead. To me, it came down to a difference, not only of opinion, but a difference of generations. Mm -hmm. In the middle of me watching this, my wife, my wife joined me and we were kind of both on this guy's side as far as what he was doing. But talking to these two guys, it kind of really made you think, why was he really doing this? Right. Because they basically said, they asked him, how many robes have you collected? He said, oh, about 25, 26. And you've been doing this since when? And about 1990. And all you got is 20 robes? He says, you said robes, I got tons of memorabilia. You know, take that for what it is. Right, right. But they're basically saying, man, that's longer than I've been alive. What could have you have done for our people and without here you doing this to just basically for some museum you want to do? Things that he did. Now, there was some alcohol involved, admittedly. <laughs> right, right. But um, Daryl Davis called Kwame Rose ignorant. And from then, if it was tense before, the entire thing shifted. Because then at this point, these two dudes feel disrespected. Even my wife said, that guy just lost my respect. And there's no reason. He never talked to them white guys like that. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know what? He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> the utmost respect. Yeah. I'm like, he sure didn't. And I, I, I was really on this guy's side, too his whole thing was sitting down with people to talk to who you disagree with to hear, to try and come to understand it. But the people sharing it won't hear your side. That's what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the irony, uh -huh. <laughs> but then this is Shane Chappell. Like, Oh, I got to talk about this instead. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's really what's more important. It is. I came to, I tried to, I told my wife and we both agreed. He was stuck in the nineties. Mm -hmm. What he was doing, that was probably fine for that era. But as tensions escalate, things evolve, you have to evolve and realize, hey, I could probably be doing more than this. Because this ain't working. Yeah, my wife said he, he needs to evolve. That's my wife, she's put out blank. She just said he needs to evolve. Because now he look more like a fan. Yeah. That's how I took it. You collecting roles and stuff for a museum like a fan. What are you fanboying about? 
that's the thing that kept getting to me because I I'm, I'm looking at them like okay it sounds good man I hear I hear what you're saying I, I I hear that you feel like you're 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 making them stop or were they just retiring? Right. I mean, were they did you did you convert them or were they were just about to get ready to leave anyway? Right. And they was passing they passing on their ranking to someone else. You know what you really look like. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what it's, that's, that's exactly what it looked like because it's like, what, what what is your whole like goal? What's the end goal? What is it? Like like seriously, what is it? Because if you only collected 25 robes, only thing you told me you just created 25 friends that you didn't have before. I think somewhere it said that he's converted over 200 members. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless, still. But that's it. Didn't end there. It didn't end there. Um, an older guy came in later. J.C. Falk, uh-huh. a community activist in Baltimore, over 20 years doing activism. Seven years old when Dr. King was shot. Basically, almost like he was. Exactly. Yeah, he told him that. He's like, you an old head like me, and you come in disrespecting my guys like this. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he was, and me and my wife was like, he's not mad, he's hurt. J.C. Falk. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. older guy. Like, he's not mad at this guy, he's hurt. Because... Yeah. Like I said, this is what you sound like, the song that we just played. Of course, because it's in the, I mean, yeah, he hurt, because he's like, I was about the same age you were when Dr. King died. and mm-hmm. They're the same generation. Same generation. And you mean to tell me this is as far as long as you done came so far? Yeah. Look at all the work that I've been doing. Yeah. Basically. You know what I'm saying? Kudos to him for keeping that in. To me, it didn't really help his cause because right after that it showed him going home and putting a clan robe in in his collection i'm like okay bro this is not a good look for you <laughs> now you really look like you're just doing this for pride you just collecting this yeah yeah i saw a video on youtube apparently daryl davis and Kwame rose met after the documentary was released and they still don't agree but th- this is this is on 2017 by the way yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what their views are now. 2017. Yeah, but apparently they're on better terms now. They're on friendly, cordial terms. You know, they don't agree with each other. I don't know, but I don't believe that. But I, I, I believe, I believe, I believe they they are on friendly, like speaking terms. But I don't believe they really have a relationship. Because oh no, I don't think so at all. I don't think no. they're working together. or Nothing. No. 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 Yeah. It's two different. Two different beliefs. Two different. You know. Different beliefs. They, they, don't, two they di- don't even look at things the same. And two different methods. Yeah, most big importantly, time. big time. Like I'm not as I'm not as young as Kwame, but I'm also not as old as they're all like in between both of them. Yeah, well, both both of us are. Yeah, we are. And to me, I'm I'm to the point where I can, I can see where this guy's coming from, and I can see where the young guys are coming from. I agree more with the young guys, oh, yeah. but it's like I understand where you're coming from, dude. But think th- times have changed, man. You got to change too. Of course. He basically saying be submissive and be lesser than when you're around them, and all problems will be solved. Because when you listen to the interviews that he that that, that, that was given, he was coming from a fear standpoint. In majority of the interviews, that I mean, in, 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 you know, in, in 
in majority of the meetings that he was involved in, he was coming from a place of fear. Yeah. Like the entire time, you know, he like, cause you know, I think I said the wrong thing. And, and when I said the wrong thing, he, you know, he wanted to, he, he wanted, he, I, I, I think he want, he, he would have killed me if, 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 uh, I, I want to, I want to caught on to it. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Like, I'm sitting there like, I understand where he's coming from and like, like he want to make a change, but you can't make a change coming from a place of just fear the entire time. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to come in and, and like really have, you know, a really back and forth engaging argument. Like you got, you got to have, I mean, you got, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel like he really did that. I don't feel like he was really doing that. I really just feel like he was just trying to make a friend. And I understand you, you want to make a friend so they can be like, you know what? Black people ain't all that bad at all. Or at least this black person's not. That's that's basically, that's how he wanted to make it look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I feel. Because you're not looking at the entire race. You're not looking at the entire group. You're basically trying to say, I'm not like everybody else. Don't don't put me in a category. You don't even know me. Yeah. We like We like some of the same things. We like to do some of the same stuff. Don't put me in the category of the people you don't like. Put me in the category of the people that you like. We could be friends. Nah, brother. That ain't doing no activist work to me. I don't know if he ever described himself as an activist. No, he didn't. Did he? Yeah, to be fair. He didn't. He's just saying that, you yeah, know. Yeah, that, that, that even begs the question more. So what are you doing this for then? I told you, he's a fanboy. <laughs> you know? He's a, he's a fan guy. I mean, he's just a fan. Hey, if you're a fan, you're a fan, man. I mean, kudos. But every time I see him, I think of the guy from Boondocks. Uncle Ruckus? Yes. Wow. (laughs) Wow. The real live Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus. That's 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 who I see. I've always seen that guy every time I've seen him. I'm talking about since 2018. Whenever I see him, that's who I think of. That's just me, though. Kane unfortunately passed away from complications of COVID on July 30th. Um, Herman Kane and several other supposed black Republicans at a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. No social distancing, no mask. It was a Trump rally in Tulsa, I believe. Yep. The one, the one, the one that everybody had to sign waivers. Yes. Yep. I hope he signed one. I'm pretty sure he did. But the thing is, if he didn't, then he got he can he can sue, right? His family can allegedly, supposedly. Well, and that's what they're saying. The thing is, nine, I think nine days after that is when he contracted COVID. His staff is saying there's no way. Yeah, there's no way to know <laughs> where he contracted COVID. But I mean, the reasonable person can suspect that there's a high probability 
Dude. that he may have contracted it and passed it on. Or so whoever he contracted from, it, may, it was probably spread at that rally. A Let reasonable person would suspect that. Let me ask you a question. His campaign members and his team, his staff, they also tested positive after that rally, am I correct? That I do not know. His security or something like that? I know, I, know, I know a lot of Trump's people did. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. So if a lot of Trump staff contracted COVID-19 at his rally in Tulsa, mm -hmm. wouldn't it make sense that Herman Cain contracted it at the same rally? And it would, that's a reasonable assumption, yes. I mean, all you have to, all, all it takes is one person that's in one person face, and then it, and then that one, and that, and that other person is in five people face, and then, and then and them five people are in ten people face. I mean, that's all it takes. At the same place, with no mask on, in the same building, with no social distance. I mean, in my opinion, I believe that you know, that's where he contracted COVID nineteen. I mean, because you're going to tell me nine days later, he's in a hospital and never left, never went anywhere else. So anecdotal story, I was at work on Saturday. We helped a customer and she was so grateful. She said, I could just hug you guys. But, you know, I, I know we can't get that close because of COVID. So she gave us, you know, elbow bumps, whatever. Right. Another person. Oh, man, you're more likely to die in the car wreck than catch COVID. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Are you serious? That's what I said to him. I said, here we go. And then out of nowhere, he brings up, you know, Herman Cain, you know, they say he was fighting colon cancer. Now, Herman Cain did, he, he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> and after chemotherapy, it went into remission. I don't think we've heard anything of it since. But anybody who had a history of, you know, extensive history or something like that, mm -hmm. Yeah, when, if you catch COVID-19, yes, it's going to hit you very, 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 very hard. And see, that's what people are getting confused about. Why They're saying, why are so many cases being listed as, as COVID-19 the cause of death? The assumption is, I mean, this isn't official, certain stone, whatever. This is what I think. Mm -hmm. My assumption is, it's like the MVP of sports. To me, most volleyball player means this team would not be successful without this person. If this person did not contract COVID-19, these issues wouldn't have been wouldn't have been aggravated and this person went out of diet. To me, yeah. so, to so me. The COVID, so the COVID was basically an MVP. Yes. The cause of death is COVID-19. Right. That's why there's so many cases. That's just my opinion. But No, 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 no. It's, that's, that's the truth. I mean, you got to understand, you got people with extensive history with COVID-19 and they are dying faster than, than, than regular healthy people, which is understandable. The only thing I can think about is of all the people that have contracted COVID, why'd it have to be the black guy? It, it's right. like, it's like <laughs> not, not the one that contracted it, the one that, that died. The first, this is probably the highest profile death of COVID in the world. They, they say minorities, blacks especially, are affected more so by COVID. So it, it really doesn't even matter, you know, your wealth. I understand why you got a, a lot of other races walking around saying, don't take my rights. Let me, I don't want to wear my mask. I don't want to wear my mask. You don't want to wear your mask because it's not affecting you the same way. No, I, I don't, that, I don't, that I don't understand. Nobody's taking your rights, but go ahead. But if you at your front, but, but, if it, but if it's at your front door, if it's at your front door and it's something that's going to affect your family for real, 
You don't want everybody that's around you to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm serious. You can go back. You can go back to the all the other pandemics in the early like 1940s and 50s and all that stuff. All those pandemics that happened, and you know, in the 1900s and all that, they wore masks. You got pictures with everybody walking around with masks. They didn't feel like their rights were taken then. Why are you walking around now saying I feel? Don't don't make me wear a mask. And you seeing people fight. I'm smart. They're fighting. They're mm-hmm. fighting. They're fighting to not wear a mask. Right. That's that's the crazy part to me. I'm sitting there like, are you serious, bro? Like, you really don't you 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 really feel that self-centered to the point where you feel like your rights are being took because people that look like you are not really being affected by it that much. So you don't mind being a carrier. You don't mind being the one that's passing it along to to to, to the ones that is killing. Oh, I get you. I get you. I get you. Don't want to get you, but I get you. Selfish, man. Selfish. You sound like you are talking about Louis Gohmert. I'm not sure if you're aware of this gentleman. Texas Congressman Louis Gohmert tested positive on July 29th, one day before Herman Cain died, actually. I'm not sure if you heard, but this is the gentleman who are saying who's saying maybe he caught maybe he caught the infection from wearing his mask. Have you heard that? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Stop playing with me. I can't help but think that if I haven't been wearing a mask so much in the last ten days or so. Uh, I really wonder if I would have gotten it, but I know, you know, moving the mask around, getting just right, I'm bound to put some some uh, virus on the mask that I sucked in. That's most likely what happened. What? 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 And you can look at Aaron Burnett's face. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Dude, please tell me that was made up. No, he went on that the airways. Right? He went on the airways and said that. That was an actor. No, that was him. That, no, it, it, it. That was him. Please tell me that was an actor. That was him. Oh my goodness, man! What? Guess what else he did? What else did he do, man? After he learned he contracted COVID, he gathered his staff into his office and let them know. Without a mask. Without a mask. Oh my goodness, man! His, I mean, his, you know. He he discourages mask wearing. You supposedly his staff, if they're caught wearing masks, they're ridiculed. It's discouraged <laughs> in his office. So yeah, that's the guy we're talking about. Now I I, I can honestly say I've not I, I've not heard yet so far that COVID makes you stupid. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't I haven't heard that yet. I haven't heard that yet. <sighs> But if he had COVID and he was doing that interview right then with COVID, I don't know, but I think it, it affected his brain a little bit because <laughs> the explanation that he just gave, I'm telling you, that was something out of Super Trooper, man. I don't know, man. I, I don't want this to be a political show. It's just that party now, it seems like, man. Dude. It just seems like that party. Dude. They've just all adopted this. I don't even know what to call it. I. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even understanding that that explanation right there. I mean, it, it just threw me for a loop. I, I thought that was a joke. Mm-mm. I thought that was a joke. This man, congressman, this man said, congressman, 
congressman said that he probably contracted it off the mask by moving it around on his face. Really? Really? Yep. Wow. The world we living in, man. I don't know what this world is coming to, man, but if everybody's getting on TV sounding like that, we need to cut the TV off. <laughs> the TV, the TV, hey, man, the TV need to go dark. It need to go dark right now. If that's the case, if that's what we got to listen to, if that's what we got to subject ourselves to, information like that, look, when I look at something on TV, now, if I want to get in some ratchetness, I, I, look, at, I look at ratchet shows. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. When I look at something like CNN, I expect to get some kind of vital information, something that's going to really like, 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 like really spark my interest and really going to be like, wow, I didn't know that. You know, like, I don't, I do not expect to watch CNN and become dumber. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But hey, to each his own, man. Like I said, that's just my opinion. In my, in my opinion, that looks more like, like, like something out of Super Trooper than, than, than anything else. So, but that's just my opinion. Since Herman, since Herman Cain's death, um, certain side of my social media has been offering their condolences. You know, that's absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it's sad that Herman Cain had to die. Um, unnecessary. He basically sacrificed himself so he could own the libs by not wearing a mask. That's what it seems like. Right. Took one for the team. <sighs> I say that because I didn't see that those same condolences a week prior. What I'm getting at is I no, I didn't. But that doesn't mean I can't be surprised by it. I, I guess. You know? I guess. Uh, I'd be more surprised if they didn't. Yeah. When it came to Herman Herman Kane. Yeah. And again, Herman Cain was probably the least harmful, one of the least harmful of all the Republicans. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard a show. He says Shucky Ducky a lot. He just says, ah, Shucky Ducky now. Shucky Ducky, quack, quack. He yeah. said that a lot. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I say all that to say, obviously I'm talking about C.T. Vivian and John Lewis. You've heard my 30 minutes or so on the two of them. You got you. You've been thinking about them or anything, reflecting on them the past few weeks. You know, anytime we lose men like that in our community, yeah, it's going to cross my mind. It's going to be something that you're going to think about because you got to understand. You know, both guys, John Lewis and C.T. Vivian, those guys, you know, they 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 marched with him. They was right next to him. And you gotta understand the the march from Selma to Montgomery. My grandmother and grandfather was basically living in Marion, Alabama, which is 15 minutes from Selma. From Selma, you know Selma. Oh wow! So when I tell you that my family played a vital, vital role in marching with King and you know going through all of the pres you know prejudice. Oh man, it's the racism. And Coretta Scott King is from my grandmother in the town, Marion, Alabama. Hmm. She's from there. So King saw her, you know, met her in Marion. 
you know, in the same time as my grandmother, my mother, and everybody where they're from. So, yeah, John Lewis and C.T. Vivian, it, it does hit different. Did, um, when you say it was, it was 15 minutes from there, did they have to march through there to get to Selma, or was it not on the, oh, on yeah. the route? They did. Yeah, I mean, oh, but wow. the thing is, I mean, it started there. It was like one of the ones that started there. I mean, it was a it was a march. It, it's you got and and you know, I, like I said, I've been through Selma so many times. I've been through Montgomery so many. I actually went to school at Alabama State in Montgomery, and um, you know, summertime going back home with my with, with with my grandmother and grandfather. You know, even living with my grandmother and grandfather at times in Marion, Alabama. You know, like I said, I experienced racism growing up. I, mm-hmm. I did because you got to understand when you. When you when you're living in a small town like Marion, Alabama, it's not it's not hard to experience it. Yeah. Because that is that that's a place that that's behind the times that is not going to catch up as fast as everywhere else, and you don't expect it to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't expect it to until like times like this you expect it to because you know a lot of the older people have died off or moved away after you take all of the town resources and money. I mean when you when you <laughs> When you run a town down and you take everything that it got, I mean, what's the point of staying, you know? But like I said, yeah, John Lewis and, you know, C.T. Vivian, like I said, anytime you got great leaders like that that basically marched with uh, one of the greatest of all times, and that's Dr. King, yeah, you got to take your hat off to him. You got you to look at those guys and you got and you, and you got to honor them in a way of basically like trying to live your life better than you've been living it before because that, like we're losing a lot of people. We have lost a lot of people. And, you know, I I always felt like COVID-19 was put out here anyway to kill off a lot of the uh, other people. Like, when you want to change history, you, you you get rid of the past. And when you get rid of the, ha- the past, especially if you ain't made no books and no, docu- no, no, no documentaries and all that type of stuff, you can't say it really was that it ever existed. And you got all these people that are dying off, and, you know, we got a young generation right now that's really like, now don't get me wrong. The young generation that we're dealing with right now, they're going hard in the pain. And I love it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I, I love I love every minute of it. I love I love when you when you actually got some fire in you, you're going hard for it. You know what I mean? But you gotta have some structure somewhere also. And hopefully, hopefully down the line, after we get a lot of people attention, that uh the structure part will come in, because right now it's basically going off a lot of emotion. You know what I mean? But like I said, John Lewis and C.T. Vivian, they 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 were very instrumental in everything that went on when it came to the freedom marches and all that stuff. I mean, it blew my mind that C.T. Vivian even started the Vision program. You know, you know, for the scholarship program that started, mm-hmm. you know, that put seven hundred two kids out there. Yeah, and then it became Upward Bound. You know, I mean, who who, who didn't know <laughs> who didn't know about Upward Bound? Man, Upward Bound. I haven't heard that in five years since I left high school. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Five years, <laughs> but you know what's that upper yeah. bound? I mean, and he and he was the one who started it. Like, like I mean, that's that's huge. Everybody knew about upper bound. So when you see when you see stuff like that, man, it's like you know he's a pioneer. You like you like you you like to have upstanding you know men who stood for something and and basically you know basically a, a, a walking legacy, man. You you it's people that you can you can actually touch, you know, to this day, but. It's sad, man. It's very sad. One thing in the last episode, I kind of regret saying, I closed by saying that we'll take it from here. 
mm-hmm. meaning our generation. But I, after after I listened to myself say that, I was like, I'm thinking we should have taken the, we should have taken it from there a long time ago. There you go. Because they they fought they literally fought till the day they died to the day they to the days they died, or the there day they died on the same day. Unfortunately, I played some clips from Roland Martin on ESPN's first take. Mm-hmm. One thing. I wanted to share with the show is this one. Roland, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this with this shirt on. What would you say to folks at home that say their vote doesn't matter, their voice doesn't matter? Can you please edify them on why it's so important that everybody must vote, please? Here's the deal, folks. There is no issue that impacts your life that voting does not have an impact. None. Politician has no role in it. Do understand that the birth certificate is a government document. Your death certificate is a government document. So this whole notion that, oh, I can go about my life without being involved in politics, you're absolutely wrong. If you care about education, if you care about the environment, if you care about uh, economics, if you care about even that stop sign or a speed bump or getting new sewer systems or sidewalks. I think about my parents, uh, Reginald Melvin Martin with the Clinton Park Civic Club in Houston, how a, a small group of people said, we want to transform our neighborhood. That could not have happened if you do not have the right people in political office. If people sit at home and do not vote, it is shameful because what you're doing is you're letting somebody else make decisions for your life. That simply cannot happen. And so I don't care what the issue is, I don't care who you vote for, but you must make sure that you register, that you vote. If it's by mail, it's in person, does not matter because if you don't vote, real simple, shut the hell up. That's true. That's true. I agree 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's why when we talked about Keisha Lance Bottoms, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and T.I. and Killer Mike, how they were catching all that heat from telling people to go vote. Catching all that heat from from our own community about vote don't make a difference, that really hurt me because that mentality is in, I mean, it's not just our community, but it's our community that gets affected the most by it. It it does. It does. But I understand why they were getting the flag and they were getting the heat at that time. Because I like, like I told you, I mean, we're, 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 we're emotional creatures anyway, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And the thing is, at, at that moment, you, 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 want, you want to hear, you want to hear somebody say, let's do this, let's do that, let's do that. We, I, I, think, I think a lot of people understand that voting is very, very important. People die for the right to vote, you know? And I, and I understand we're dealing with a younger generation that really don't that really don't know the magnitude of it because it's really not even taught in school like that no more. You gotta understand, they don't really want to talk about racism in school like that anymore. Right. Even when, when in, in the history books, they try their best to make it seem like slavery was like a choice. I, yeah, I can't even imagine what it's like now. I mean, you know, back when we were in school, it seemed like. It, it wasn't the whole story, obviously, but it didn't make it seem like everything was all peaches and roses. It's even worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now it just seems like, I, I don't know, that they came here voluntarily. It's even worse. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So, that, that, that see, that, that's, that's the thing I'm saying. So, I understand that, you know, Killer Mike and T.I. and Keisha using that platform at that moment to, to, to basically talk about, let's go vote. Yes, you do take a moment and you do tell people that voting is one of the main things that you, if you want to have a voice, you have to vote. Point blank period. If you want a voice and you want change, 
be the change. You have to go out here and you got to vote because people have died to be able to vote. Black people are that. It's a lot of black people who died. I mean, it's a lot of black people who did a whole lot of sit-ins and marches and everything that went on and got dog seeked on them. My grandmother, my grandmother was a part of, I mean, a lot of this stuff. So it's, it's to the point where it's like, man, I understand that, but they also wanted to hear you say some stuff like, I'm sick and tired of this. You feel what I'm saying? They want to hear a lot. A, a lot of people want to hear like, I'm sick and tired of this. Like, this has to stop. He did. He did. He did. He did. He did. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I didn't listen to y'all. <laughs> no, I mean, not not just because. I mean, I just. I just didn't get around to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Killer Mike was really the only one I kind of wanted to hear. To be honest with you, it wasn't nothing personal. No shade. It's just. It's just that that's Killer Mike background, right? Yeah. 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 From 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 a uh, political standpoint, yeah. I mean, you you do want to hear what Killer Mike has to say. And like I said, I mean. From our own community, I mean, they got to understand that what they said was the right thing to say. Don't get me wrong. You have to go out here and you got to make your vote count. You got to go out here and make your voice heard. And the only way to make your voice heard is to vote. And once everybody get out there and basically start voting for their community and voting for, you know, some kind of change, instead of just talking about it, you got to go out here and actually go to the booth and you got to vote. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. And I agree 100%. Like I said, I go vote because of the fact that, like I said, eh, I know in our history, so many people was was not able to do it. So many people was not able to do it. I'm not I'm not one of the ones that say don't go vote. I'm not I'm not one of those guys. But I also have been one of those people who who basically said my vote matters to the point of I need to find the right candidate to give it to. Mm-hmm. I need to find the right person because it's that much power in it. You can't just throw up uh, the wool over my eyes anymore and just make me just say, "Okay, that sounds something like 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 something I want," or "or that's nice." No, let's let's see the whole entire package. I want I want the, I want to I want to know the whole entire package. What change is going to happen? Not just tomorrow when you first get in. I'm talking about down the line. The next, the next four years when I want to vote you in, I, I want to know about it all now. You know what I'm saying? Lay it out on the table. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I agree though. How you feel about it? I mean, I've always voted. Right. I didn't vote in 2000 because I didn't have my absentee ballot at the time. So my first time voting was in 04. Okay. Um, I voted for Bush because anti-abortion. <laughs> um. How old was I? 21? 21. 22. First time voting. Man, I thought, hey, man, I thought it was the right thing to do. New Christian. You know, hey, man. Um, and you know, that's the thing about a lot of political parties. They play on a lot of that. The Benjamin Dixon Show. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of him. The Benjamin Dixon yeah. Show. He's, I've heard him say a couple of times, Republicans are so stupid, they don't realize that they could have the black vote on their on, on faith, religion alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one for voting blue no matter who vote D all the way down as I get older I am starting to look more and more issues unfortunately right now I don't think we have that luxury no we don't we, don't. Um, we have to get this administration get rid of this administration because another four more years of this I 
I don't know, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, we can't have another 2020. Not at all. We can't have another 2020. Yeah. I mean, it got to be a plan somewhere. They got to be an action somewhere. I mean, I understand. I understand that, you know, a pandemic happened. But somebody should have been at the front door waiting on that pandemic to come. Right. You know? No, there's stories stories saying that this administration didn't even read the plans, the pandemic plans that the previous administration left for them. Man, they fired the guy who basically, that's, that's the crazy part about it. You fire the head guy whose job is to basically pre-plan and basically be the guy who catch pandemics. Yeah. T- you fired this guy before the pandemic even happened. But anyway, like I said, man, it's it's to the point to where it's like, as a country, you have to be able to look at your leadership and say, what's going on? Like, should, should this even ha- have happened? Like, 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 this way. Want to lose right, now. right. And if you can honestly, I don't, I don't care if it's Republican, or I don't care if it's Democrat. If you can honestly look in that mirror and say to yourself, like, I go through this again, right? I go through this again. Yeah. You know, I, 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 tr- I trust them enough to go through this again. Then you ain't, you ain't fooling nobody but yourself. It's a lot of people fooling themselves right now. It is, but be honest. This is horrible right now. We're in a horrible place right now. Let's just be honest. That's all. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I don't care. Take the Republican part off of it. Take the Democrat part away from it. Any leadership that is done this way, when you when you actually look at the whole entire picture of everything that's gone on and everything that's been going on, do you agree with me? Right. Is it something that you accept year in and year out? And if you say no then you know it's time for a change. It's time for a change. Whether, look, like I, like I said, man, it's all good for people who want to vote for their party, and I, I voted this way, and I'm going to stay voting this way, but, dude, think about your children. Think about your mother. Think about your father. Think about your grandmother and grandfather. What are you talking about? This stuff should not be going on right now. We're in August, man. Mm-hmm. We're in August. Three months ago, what was you doing? What was that, May? I was taking half days at work so I could homeschool my daughter because my wife's a teacher and had to teach her own class. That was three months ago. Yeah, it seems like forever ago. <laughs> do, you, do you feel what I'm saying? That was, yeah. No. Three months ago, you were still in a pandemic. Yeah. What was you doing four months ago? Four months ago, I was like, "Yeah, hopefully this don't last too much longer." <laughs> you that's, still on that's, that's what that's what we were thinking in April. <laughs> uh, well, let's crazy. give it two, three weeks, see what happens. That is crazy. Uh, do, you, do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. Five months ago, we were doing the same thing. It's wild, though, man. Like I said, bro, this administration. If you uh, you know you know people say. What was the blemish on this on, on, on that on that uh, administration? What was the dark spot? So many. There's so many though. Oh, it is. It is. But I guess yeah, 2020 probably would be the big but, one. But 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 
when you actually look at the entire like administration, the, the whole the whole entire thing, twenty twenty. Yeah. Twenty twenty. I mean, you can't erase that. That's going to go down in history, the history of the United States of America. Have you really sat back and thought about that? I have thought, like when my daughter gets in high school, what her U.S. history book is going to say about, about this. Hopefully, well, I can't say about history books, but hopefully, history will look back at twenty twenty with twenty twenty vision. Yeah. And be like, man, that's some. What was going on with y'all? But you know, but you know what? If we leave it up to the history books, it won't be in it. That's what. That's why I changed it from history books to just hey, history. Yeah, 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 I know. I kind, I kind, I kind of figured that. is back love it for now you know like like, like i said man it's, it's a uh, it's a pandemic going on and and like and, and i know a lot of people was like man you know a lot of people shouldn't be going with this sports right now because of everything that's been going on with the george floyd and brianna taylor and all that stuff is going to take away from it no it'll take away from it if you allow it to but when you have players who are actually standing up and using this platform for what is what, what they should have been using it for from, from the jump, when you actually have people like LeBron James and all that just standing up and, you know, that's why they're, they're, they're pushing they're pushing me. I understand they're playing a game because this is what they get paid to do. I think everybody needs some kind of, um, some form of entertainment at some point in time. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I don't think basketball will be the death of the movement. I believe the death of the, of the movement is basically stopping. When you take your foot off the gas, of course, yeah, yeah. I think this could be momentum because, like I said, you got black players who are actually kneeling, doing everything that Colin Kaepernick was doing from the jump. Yeah, they're doing it now. But at the same time, it's, it's still getting a whole lot of people's attention. It's getting people that, 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 that really bashed Kaepernick for so long. It's making them really, like, roll around and can't sleep at night right now. Because every team in the United States of America is doing what Kaepernick was doing. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Every team in America right now, from baseball to basketball to NASCAR to golf, it don't matter what it is, they're taking a knee right now for, for, for the social, ju social justice. That's about everything that's going on. People are tired. But like I said, I feel like sports is, 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 a, is a much needed outlet right now. But at the same time, everyone who's a part of the movement need to continue to push. And, and we should continue to use our platforms to push for Breonna Taylor and, and the police officers getting arrested right now. Because like I said, if it was anyone else, they would already be arrested. This is somebody who was very, very vital in the community, an EMT, who was sleeping in her own bed at night. I mean, the officers of that case need to be arrested. ASAP. Give credit to the internet. I still see arrest the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor. Yeah. I still see that. So kudos to the internet for that, for not letting that. Oh, yeah, you can. 
You can't. Who is? We're just, I'm just going all over the place. None, half of this stuff I, we've been talking about has wasn't on the schedule. I know. Who is the Who is the magic player that stood up? I don't. Well, I mean, we're gonna have to go on it very long. Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, the Orlando uh, Magic basketball player who didn't take a knee, and then he took his shirt off at that. Now, don't get me wrong. The he, Black Lives he, Matter shirt. Yeah, he took it off. He took it off. He 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 stood up and he wore his Orlando Magic, you know, jersey number one and stood up. And he said uh, he absolutely believed that Black Lives Matter, he said. He also believed that kneeling while wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt doesn't go hand in hand with supporting Black Lives. He felt like it was a decision he had to make, and he didn't feel like putting the shirt on and kneeling went hand in hand with supporting Black Lives. Did he, he explain? He said his strong faith guided his decision. Okay, did he, I mean, that's fine. He said he explained for the dumb ones, the ones in the back, did he explain for them? <laughs> This is what he said. He said, for my life is supported through the gospel of Jesus Christ. All lives are supported through the gospel, he said. Everyone is made in the image of God, and all, and we all share in his glory. Each and every one of us, each and every day, do things we shouldn't. We say things we shouldn't say. We hate and dislike people we shouldn't hate and dislike. And sometimes we get to the point where we point fingers about Whose evil is worse? And sometimes it comes down, it comes down to simply who evil is more visible. Isaac said that he felt faith was a way to help get past color. All things in the world that are messed up, that at the end of the day will help us see our mistakes in a different light, he said. It will help, it will help bring us closer together and get past skin color and get past anything that's on the surface and doesn't really get into the hearts of men and women. Like I said, bro, I'm sitting here like, look, I understand. <laughs> I, un right. I understand. I don't, I don't, I don't want to cut you off. I, I feel, I mean, that was meant as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to call him that, but that, 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 that was just perfect. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just, I, I just couldn't resist. So, so by me reading, reading what, what I just read, what do you get from that? What do you take from it? I mean, to me, boy, now he's using his faith as a cop-out to say, I don't want to catch the heat from stealing from the team. That's basically what it was. He, 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 and, don't want to, he, don't want to, he don't want people to be mad at him, so he's using his faith as an excuse. And, 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 the thing, and the thing is, he want to stand behind that all lives matter. Let me tell you this. Did he say that? That's basically what he just said. He said, all, he said it's basically trying to take away from the color. You know, take away the color. All lives are, ba are basically important in this, this, and that. You know, basically, you know, in the, in the walk of, you know, in, in your Christian walk, which I understand. That don't, all lives does do matter. I, I agree 100%. But right now we're talking about black lives. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about black lives doesn't matter. And that's what it looks like in the United States of America right now. If he can't get that in his head, but then he used 
God. See, so you got to understand now, in the Bible, the Lord has always stood with his people. He has always been in the forefront of every revolution that he is that he has always, you know, dealt with when it came to, you know, warring and everything that's in the Bible. After he go on television and say everything that he said in that interview, he go out the next night and tear his entire ACL. <laughs> he go out and tear his entire ACL the That's next it. night after saying everything that he said. God said, keep my name out your mouth. That's what God said. <laughs> the Lord said, do not put me in this. I'm standing with the people. <laughs> I am a part of another movement right now. Sit down. Wow. You, you didn't want to take a knee, but I'm going to take yours. <laughs> 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 Forgive me, Lord. But you know, it, 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 that, that, that's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. And, oh, and, that's, and that's, the, that's the thing. You should have just took the knee. <laughs> he said, hey, hey, people don't understand when the Lord said every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Whether you Who's choose to, or whether we, whether you choose to, or whether I make you, you go. <laughs> <laughs> you go wow, man. You know it's 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 just, it's just wild, man. It's it's wild to me, man. Like the ones who choose to go against everything that is going. I'm talking about everything that's positive going on right now. When you got all these black men standing together, locking arms, taking a knee for the cause, man. Just like Kyle Lowry said the other night, he said. They all took a knee for the Canadian anthem and the United States of America, you know, the national anthem. So they took a knee, and it lasted four minutes or something. Every player out there that, that took their knee on that towel, he said, our knees were hurting. The addition that we left in that towel for just four minutes. Now think about the police officer who, who did it for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Eight minutes and forty some seconds. You know what I'm saying? That was huge. That was huge. I saw this today. I'm a hockey fan. Hadn't been watching because number one, we cut the cord, and I'm not trying to pay for NHL Network. Number two, because of COVID. I'd like to say thank you to all the fans watching at home, and all the people making a positive difference in our world right now. We appreciate you. I know none of us need to be reminded about how our day-to-day -day lives have been affected by the outbreak of COVID-19. So I hope the Stanley Cup playoffs can bring a little normality and peace of mind during all these times of uncertainty. I'll transition topics to a topic that is very important to me, my fellow members of the Hockey Diversity Alliance and the NHL. During this pandemic, something unexpected but long overdue occurred. The world woke up to the existence of systematic racism and how deeply rooted it is within our society. For those unaffected by systematic racism or unaware, I'm sure that some of you believe that this topic has garnered too much attention during the last couple months. But let me assure you, it is not. Racism is a man-made creation and all it does is deteriorate from our collective prosperity. Racism is everywhere. Racism is everywhere. And 
and we need to fight against it. On behalf of the NHL and the Hockey Diversity Alliance, we vow and promise to stand up for justice and fight for what is right. I know firsthand as a minority playing the great game of hockey, the unexplainable and difficult challenges that come with it. The Hockey Diversity Alliance and the NHL want kids to feel safe, comfortable, and free-minded every time they enter an arena. So I stand in front of you today on behalf of those groups and promise you that we will fight against justice. We will fight against injustice and fight for what is right. I hope this inspires a new generation of hockey players and hockey fans because Black Lives Matter. Breonna Taylor's life matters. Hockey is a great game, but it could be a whole lot greater. And it starts with all of us. Please join us for the playing of the American National Anthem. Awesome. And to be able to do something like that in hockey, I mean, dude, what a platform to use. What a platform to use. I mean, everything he said was true, though. So, so that's just a, <clears throat> excuse me, just a couple of things. Um, you heard him say, "Please stand for the playing of the national anthem." Mm -hmm. That first of all, that player speaking was Matt Dumba, player for the Minnesota Wild. He is actually of Filipino, German, and Romanian descent. Wow! Wow! He delivered that speech. He is a member of the newly formed, I believe it's the Hockey Hockey Diversity Alliance, mm -hmm. formed in twenty this year, I believe, in June. He takes a knee on the ice, well, he's on the carpet, but he takes the only ice. He is flanked on either side by Malcolm Subban, a black player for the Chicago Blackhawks, right. and Darnell Nurse, a black player for the Edmonton Oilers. Black as in African-Canadian, both of them are African-American. As but a hockey fan, is, I like that as a hockey fan. That's all. It's good to see. I like it. I like it. I like it. Hey, hey let me tell you this. When you that that's what I'm saying about standing and kneeling with your brother, and for Jonathan Isaac to choose to take off the Black Lives Matter shirt and to stand during the whole entire you know national anthem is to the point where it's like, dude, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that's basically going against everything that we're, that, that that we're trying to um make happen right now. Black life does matter. On and every level. And it's, and it's okay to say that. Yes. There's nothing wrong with saying that. It does. It's nothing wrong with it. Like, what's wrong with saying Black Lives Matter? We already know all lives matter, but right now we're talking about the ones that are dying. Black lives. Right. But people are basically saying they matter also. They are part of the all lives. Black lives are part of all lives. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say all lives matter and then get black when people get mad when people say black lives matter. No, you can't. Or black lives not part of all lives. Thank you. 
That's basically what you're saying. No, all right. lives matter. Who is all lives? You know what? I'm sorry your mom got breast cancer from my grandmother died from, from lung cancer. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on, man. It's like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, really? Black lives do matter. If all lives was dying, we would say all lives matter. But right now, the black lives are the ones that are getting took out of here like they don't matter. With no repercussions. None. The police officer that killed Mike Brown just got away with nothing, scot-free. I'm talking about nothing on his record. Probably working somewhere else. Definitely working somewhere else. Definitely. Already got a job. Already. He had a job. He had a job as soon as he bailed. As soon as he made bail, he had a job. But let it have been a black man, he would have had a record already. Wouldn't be able to work in that field ever, ever again. Have to create his own business like a lawn service or something like that to have a job. Right. Well, we hate to have these serious shows without Tim Lewis because <laughs> we really, really, really do value his opinion with him being from a different generation, younger than both of us. We really yeah. do value his take on things that we may not see. I really do. I really do. Um, hopefully we'll talk into some ratchet stuff next, next, uh, next show. Yeah. Next show. We will. <laughs> you got Kanye, you got Nick Cannon. Yeah. Meg, we, got, we got a lot of ratchet, you know, make the stallion movie. got shot. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, Can't we wait. got we got entanglements. Can't wait. Entanglements. Can't wait. The single dropped. Yes, it did. Hey, funny story you know about what? that. I it saw actually, some. It's, it's actually a good album. You know, I, I I um I listened to it, then I fell asleep because I was just so tired. I played <laughs> it. I was like, oh, this is starting to sound good. Then I was the, I was out. <laughs> but I, that, that's just how tired I was. Hey. Well, that, that, that just goes to tell me how soothing the album really is. <laughs> it puts you to sleep. <laughs> so, um, after that was dropped, I saw somebody put on Facebook, a, I guess it was like a real Smith response, like a rap. Uh, the, the song, I was like, what is this song? This sounds familiar. The song was Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> it's a nice guy. From when, what year was that? What year did he release that? You know the song I'm talking about? I, I think I know what song you're talking about. But hey man, that just shows to show you, man. People sleep on Will Smith. Yeah. I, I sleep on Will Smith. That song is actually kind of hard. I'm not gonna I mean, lie. Will, I mean, you gotta <laughs> think about it, man. Will was a rapper first. Yes, we always forget At, that. And I guess that speaks to salad, man. And not, guess, not only was he a, was he a rapper first, he was a Grammy winning. Mm-hmm. I guess that speak. I guess that speaks to his talent. That when you think of Will Smith, you think of the actor. That's hey, really, seriously. That's what everybody think of first. You forget that he actually won Grammys. You know what? Well, don't sue. I got. I got. I got to play some of that because that. <laughs> How you, doing? you go, you go kind of hard, man. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't, I ain't gonna hold you. How your mama know? Mr. Nice Guy, relationship advice guy, life on the vices, priceless smile, look at the eyes, got the look of a survivor, husband, father, dissed by Eminem, but didn't buy the rim, yup, but he classy, big well, just get another 20 mil, walk right past me, I'm a nice guy, why y'all harassing me, huh, on the radio, they be over-exaggerating, so blase with they lies, they be aggravating me, agitating me, but they be waiting and hating me, they be making me crazy, but I be taking
taking it patiently. People be messing with me, testing me, effing with me. I wanna send a message to them, teach them a lesson quickly. They publicly addressing me, disrespecting me heavily. They better be lucky the way my blessings affected me. But <gasps> calm down, Willie. You don't wanna go drop the bomb now, Willie. Keep a nice flow for your mom down in Philly. On the news you go if you blow an ex silly, you know. He's a nice guy. How you doing? He's a nice guy. Good to see you. He's a nice guy. Sometimes y'all mistake nice for soft. So before I go off, I just. Will's a nice guy. Why well, he's so nice, I'd let him date my daughter like he was a white guy. Not like the rest, he's a private flight guy. Why, if I were gay on Friday night, I'd. Larry Elder, you're lucky I ain't make you the whole damn rhyme. Wendy Williams, you don't know me. Yo, uh, new campaign, man. Stop dissing Will. Give yeah, Will his props, man, because. <sighs> Well, as always, we thank you for inviting us into your homes and making this part of your lives. Um, we can't ever fully express our gratitude, and we know that you don't always agree with our opinions, but as long as you take the time to listen, we'll keep giving them to you. We enjoy every moment that you guys spend with us. I just want to tell you to continue to be safe, continue to social distance, continue to protect your family if you don't feel like protecting yourself. Exactly. Understand, understand. It's bigger than you. It's not just about you. If you don't care about how you how how COVID will affect you, care about how it affect your mother. Mm. Care about how it affect your father. Care about how it affect your grandparents. Just do it for somebody else. Don't do it for yourself if you don't want to do it for yourself. Do it for someone else. That's the only thing I want to leave with. The reason we're still in this is because we are a society centered on ourselves. Fact. Fact. Go ahead and rate us Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you love about the show. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash opinionatedbrotherspodcast. We thank you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. And people, share. 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 Comment. Yes. Don't make me spend another more money to boost the post. Because we will do it. I will we'll do, do it. it. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> 